How's it going? Welcome back to the podcast. So this week, I've got Riley Lazat with me, a good friend of mine, and probably one of the most well-rounded outdoorsmen that I know of. So Riley, welcome. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Yeah, nice nice for showing up. Yeah. Holidays. I know, I know. It's I've been putting this off for what, like three or four months, we've I think? Been, <laughs> we've been trying to connect for a while. Yeah. And it just hasn't worked out. And Riley's a really good guy, a lot of good stories. And I know Dad wanted to be here today. He was pretty bummed that that he was going to miss. Would have liked to have seen him. Yeah, so he's en route to Boston right now to spend Christmas with my sister. So I guess Riley and I are going to hold up the fort while while he's gone. (laughs) So Riley, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, you're from you're from Van Buren. From Van Buren, originally. Yeah, Yeah, similar uh, similar to kind of your story here, growing up in the county, hunting the big woods, and hardly ever seeing any deer. It seems as we grew up, so. Um, you know, eventually, uh, I didn't really start getting into what I would call like the dedicated hunting until I started, uh, after college. We met in college. We met in college. Yeah. And we kind of hit it off. You're the first guy I ever met in pharmacy school with the interviews. (laughs) You were the first guy I saw. Oh, was it really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were interviewing the same day, ended up, uh, getting accepted and then went through the, okay. The whole school, uh. School yeah. together. So. so we had a lot in common. Yeah, we did. Regarding hunting. We did, yeah. And it was like, oh man, there's other people in this program that hunt. All right. And this is kind of cool. <laughs> and yeah, that's the thing with like academia. Yeah. Is not a whole lot of you never you know I mean there's a lot of I've learned there's a lot of different people, but um doesn't I mean it's just not not as accepted globally as it is in Aroostook County. So no. <laughs> no. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. Back to Yeah. So I uh after after school, uh, I ended up moving out to South Dakota for a year. I did a little extra training through for pharmacy. Um, and out there, like I pretty much went out there to experience, you know, something else yeah. kind of just to see what it was like. And it's wild. Um, you know, you can go all day. You don't see a tree. You're, it's just a totally different style of hunting and it's much more mobile. Um, and it's the problem is not necessarily finding animals. To go out there, but it's using the terrain, getting in position, finding them on accessible areas. So it was is a lot different than here. So I kind of rejuvenated my love for the outdoors out there, right. and then kind of extrapolated that back to here. And how can I use some of those principles and apply them to? I know, you know some of hunting. the pictures that you've sent me over the years. It's hard for me to, I guess, fully grasp without doing it exactly because, yeah. like you said. You sent me pictures of like this year. You shot a it was a beautiful mule deer, right? Yeah, I mean it was it wasn't a giant. I mean he was a respectable mule deer. Still a nice mule deer. And it literally is like a nothingness around yeah. this deer. And you shot it with a bow. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, yeah. how the heck do you get close enough? Most of the time you don't. Because <laughs> there's nothing. It's there's nothing. It's insane. Yeah, it's figuring out what you can get away with when to move, the sun, which way the wind is going, and using all of those variables. and So you're using, it, obviously, terrain features yep. and whatnot. Yep. So how how close do you get? Like that mule deer this year, how close? I uh, I got to 55 of that deer at one point. Ended up shooting him at 60 yards. That's still good. It's it's a good, good poke. poke. Um, yeah, 55 I got to, but, you know, he was with four other does. And um, in, that, in that particular situation... The doe, I actually had a doe at about 20 yards from me for most of 
like 30 minutes as we were sitting there waiting. No way. Um, and it was, it was a fawn. I mean, it was a young yep. deer. And I think that there's a hierarchy in those little herds that come. And I, I don't okay. think any of the deer gave that deer any credit. You know, it's as okay. if like your kid's like, oh yeah, look what I saw. And then, you know, you cry wolf so many times nobody pays attention. So you, because I was, okay, I was going to ask, are you worried about like a deer like that blowing your cover? Absolutely. Obviously. Absolutely. So he saw you or that yeah. little one? Yeah. It was? I mean, she, they, so we, uh, you know, I, the whole, to, to describe the whole story, you know, I mean, we see this deer on this hillside and uh, as I come around the corner, there's another doe on a closer hillside. I'm out in the open. I mean, I just basically have to sit there and wait for those deer to move yeah. and just kind of get out of sight. So they eventually, uh, the doe sees the buck and they meet up. And as this is all happening, there's more deer from an adjacent hillside that come down. And so they meet up and they form this herd of five. Yeah. So they go and feed up over the edge, um, except two of them. There's another doe that's up on the hillside. And so, you know, I waited for some cloud cover just to get rid of my shadow. And there's a, there was a uh, kind of cut bank is what we call them, drainage. Yeah. And you could get in and you could use that, you know, to your advantage. So... The sun went away and, you know, I waited, the deer put her head down, started feeding and I just ran, jumped into this cup bank and used whatever I could and just move when the deer's feeding. You know, I only had one deer to look at, so I would just look at her, see what she's doing. Yeah. And eventually I was just closing distance and hoping that, you know, somehow the deer fed back my way. Okay. And I got to about hundred yards of her and I was making a decision, do I spook this deer and just try to get to the others or should I you know, like, should I just wait it out and hope that they come back? Yeah. So I waited it out and they did end up feeding back my way. So I'm in perfect position at this point. Like this is the ideal scenario where I'm sitting, I'm in the, like this little slight rise in this cut bank and I just have, you know, brush. I mean, basically it's just the top of my eyes that come up when I go and look. And the hardest part is ranging a deer at that point, you know, 10 yards matters a lot in bow hunting at those distances. So do you use a rangefinder? Yeah, you just, yeah, 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 you yeah. have to. Yeah, um, you know, so I'm I'm in position. These deer start feeding back to me, and I'm like, man, this is this is going to work out. This is a good, you know, good situation to be in. And this is pretty cool. I mean, I'm 80 yards from this deer, 70, 80 yards, and he's lip curling, you know, no and he's way. not really running the does, but you can tell he's, yeah. you know, he's checking him out. Um, and you know, as he's milling around, and you know, a, a set of some brush that's out there and the the other does are feeding in brush. And that's when this, you know, fawn started feeding in the brush that's basically right in front of me. And so just kind of picking my moments, waiting for that fawn to put her head down and then maybe coming up and then, you know, ranging, trying to get it. There's five deer. So you have to kind of pick your spots uh, accordingly. So end up ranging him a couple of times. I had him at 55 and I was going to take that shot, but he was quartering too. Okay. So I couldn't, I was like, man, I got to wait. So I'm yeah, sitting there yeah. and I'm just, I'm tension on the string, waiting for him to turn. And he just, he turned at one point and I drew and stood up and that fawn just happened to be right there and no spooked way. off. Right. Yep. So I just, you know, I let down, just go and hide. And those deer, like, I mean, they didn't know what happened because it was only that fawn that saw me. Yeah. And they just didn't give her credit. So the little guy doesn't know anything. Yeah, I think if it's a if it's an adult <laughs> doe, yeah. that's a totally different scenario. Okay. Um, so I kind of lucked out in that regard. So then, you know, they kind of, I gave him like 10 minutes to settle down. Then I started getting into the, you know, where are they? Where are they going to go? And they really hadn't moved that much. They bounded off maybe five, 10 yards and then started feeding back. And so that buck went back to that same spot. 
and uh you know but he was 60 yards at this point yep. and i just kind of waited for my spot and then that doe that little fawn picked us out again and then there's another doe that started to pick us out and so we started to get a little bit nervous and so i drew i stood up and just kind of the buck turned and i let him have it let him have it and it, it worked out i guess you know where'd but you hit him i hit him uh he was actually quartering to a little bit but i for 60 yards, I put probably one of the better shots I ever nope. have. 60 I kinda, yards is a long I ways. tucked it into the shoulder. I didn't get uh, a ton of penetration, but yeah. um, I, I I got enough in Did that. the job. Did the job. Had a beautiful blood trail, and he ended up going up and over the other uh, hillside. So he started to go up, and I was like, oh, man, you know, like that's... Here we go. Yeah, it's never a good thing yeah. when they go up, right? So I kind of, uh, I just ran up to the top just to see, because, I mean, you can see forever. Yeah. So instead of tracking a blood trail, just try to cut it off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And Speed he never up. he never came up off out the other end. No kidding. Um, so he was still he was still we saw him and I was going to make another stock and as I was stalking in on him he you know he expired at he was, that, that point. Was, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you sent me that picture, that was the first thing. I love the picture cuz it it just yeah. speaks so loudly to what the hunting is like what the yeah. hunting is like. I'm looking at that picture and the first thing, it's kind of it's a head scratcher. I'm like it's, it's like a wide open yeah it just is you see forever yeah like, how the heck did he shoot this thing here it's you, you they have to be in the right position you have to have a lot you, of things have to you, go in there's here. a lot of things that have to fall into place yeah. yeah so that was this year's mule deer right yep so i guess it, so to back up a little bit back when so when we first met yep back in school that was why mm, 2009 2008 yeah 2000 yeah. yeah what what was your style of hunting then because I'm sure it's, it's changed a lot, right? It's changed a lot. Yeah, back then I was very had my spots, and those are the spots that I went to, yeah. and just hope that something showed up that day. Were you bow hunting? Yeah. I was bow hunting. I really wasn't uh, what I would I wouldn't call myself a hardcore bow hunter yeah. at that point. I bow hunted. Um, 2008 was about the time I got my first legit bow. What was it for a bow? It was a Bowtech Tomcat. It okay. was like a lower tier yeah. model. It was a good good bow, but I ended up, um, I'd always enjoyed bow hunting, you know, just to be 10, 30, you know, 10, 20, 30 yards from something. But it's frustrating. You know, I went through, um, I went through a time of target panic, you know, and okay. anybody who bow hunts usually goes through this at some point in time. What's that? Target panic is, you know, obviously with bow hunting, you have to hold on target, Yeah. you know, and there's always movement. It's not like a rifle where you have a rest okay. and you can get solid. Um, target panic is when you just can't release when your pin is on the area that you that you're it trying to, to shoot be? at. Okay. Yeah. So I would always hold like six inches low, and I could just never. It was like my arm didn't go up. You know, I could hold rock solid underneath that, but I could okay. just never put it on target and you know execute a good release. It. I struggled with that for a long time. All right. Um, and it, I, you know, it's a debate, like, is this really for me? You know, I don't feel confident being yeah. able to put ethical shots on things. Um, and so after residency, when I moved back, I started getting a, you know, a big boy job and I started making money. I bought a, a new bow and it's still the bow I use today. It's what, a, so what does it use now? I use a Bowtech Experience. Okay. Yeah. So I got that back in 2016. Okay. Um, love the bow, but it held a little bit better for me. And I was able, it shoots a little bit quicker. I mean, there's a lot of slight variables, yep. but I just felt more confident in it. And I started pushing my comfort levels to, you know, I never shot 30, 40 yards accurately with, you know, the, yeah. the Tomcat. 
And I started pushing to 30, 40, 50 yards. And then like, I'm like, man, I'm hitting stuff. Yep. After you shoot at 50 yards, 30s, 30s easy. Yeah. I mean, the, the target's huge. Yeah. But when you go from 10 to 30, it's, it's, it's all about perception. Yeah. And uh, a lot of those cases. So just getting some of the right equipment, a different site, a smaller, you know, sight uh, pin on it versus like the stock. Yep kind of true glow stuff that you might get. Yep. All of those things matter when you're shooting at a target that, okay, you know, you don't have the um, magnification that you do with a rifle scope or something like that. All so. Right. so you've shot quite a few animals now with your bow. Yeah, you- I mean, I if I could... If I could bow hunt all the time, I would never use a rifle again. Are you serious? I would. You would give up rifle hunting? I would give up rifle hunting. Yeah. No way. Um, it's kind of fun it, to me. It's, it's well, I e- guess we're not friends anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm certainly not, you know, foo-fooing it or anything like that. But <laughs> You're like one of those fly fishermen now. I'm kind of, it's, it's kind of like that. Yeah. I, I mean, I still rifle hunt. I went out this year. I didn't see anything with it. So it's certainly not like, it's it's easy. Yeah. But you know, you can go to an area that you've never been at and just stumble upon a deer at 200 yards and knock it down. You can't do that. Not bow doing hunting. that with a bow. You can't do that nope. bow hunting. Um, so, so what that, was your first animal with a bow? My first animal with a bow was, uh, it was a little doe. Was it I in shot. Maine? It was in Maine. Right. Yeah. It was an expanded, uh, archery buck that on a trip I used to take with my dad every year. Okay. And I missed so many deer through the years doing that and I ended up hitting this deer and, Honestly, I got I just got lucky. I didn't put a good shot on it. Ended up hitting an area that was just a happened to be a fatal area. Yeah, and uh, you know felt awful about it. But I mean, I, hey, I it, it happens. It does happen. So that was that was my uh, that was my first archery buck and anyone archery that, doe. And anyone that gives you crap about it is full of crap because it happens to any everyone. It it does. I mean, Everybody. you try to you try to minimize obviously, you're right. but you're right. Yeah, since we're talking about bow hunting. You've got kind of an interesting stand setup that you use. Yeah. That I can remember you sending me pictures of that I'd I'd never seen before. Yeah. Well, explain that a little bit. That's so I use uh it's it's a saddle. It's yeah. kind of become popular. Tethered kind of brought it up, but there's a lot of latitude, it has some hawk even has some. There's a lot okay. of companies that are making it now. Uh but it's I mean, I guess it's a it's a harness that goes around your hips. Yeah. And uh you I mean, there's there's a whole different styles. I use a setup of uh, mobile sticks. Okay. And I use those to set up. Some people have, you know, screw-in steps. Some people, yep. there's one sticking, which is another method. There's all kinds of, whatever you want to use to get up the tree. Yeah. And then instead of a tree stand, I use a, it's a, it's called a platform. And it's probably roughly about the size of the seat on a normal tree stand. Okay. And so you basically stand up with this harness. So you have a, a rope, you know, that the uh, safety rope, and yep. then you tether in to the lineman's belt. So okay. you're connected usually with uh, some sort of clip or people use like prussic knots to hook in. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you want to use. And so you can lengthen and shorten the tether length. So you can, I mean, I can sit down in the saddle. No kidding. Okay. So I've got my feet on the platform, my knees against the tree, and I'm basically just in a sitting motion with my weight being... Okay. Carried by the harness. So you can take the weight off your legs. You can to... take the weight. I can lean. So I'll just, you know, straight leg it and just lean. And the the, the harness is just holding my weight there. Okay. And you can also just stand on the platform, shorten it up, and then you can be a little bit more okay. upright. So it's a little bit different because you're facing the tree instead of facing away from the tree on a stand. Yeah. 
but you have a lot more mobility uh, out of it, I find, okay. in a tree stand. It's dead silent. I wrap all of mine in some uh, tape, so there's there's no metal parts in any of my system. No kidding. All right. uh, so like my, I don't have buckles on my steps. I use uh, daisy chain, uh, yeah. Amsteel, um, I guess ropes. Okay, is what. So you know, you just loop it around the tree, and there's no buckles. There's no nothing. Uh, some people do that for weight. I don't really care about weight. It's not yeah. that big a deal, but it's just the the sound. No, you're in pretty good shape. I try to. <laughs> so that set, could that set up work for rifle hunting? You could. Yeah, some people and do the, it. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you use it, we were just talking about it a little while ago, use it mainly, obviously, it's kind of a minimalist it's, setup. It's, huh? it's very right. minimalist, yeah. And were you, you were having issues with other people? Yeah, so students? I had a couple dedicated stand setups in some areas. I don't like it for a couple of reasons. One is it brings attraction for other people who are investigating yep. in the area. Potentially brings competition. Uh, if you have a good spot and somebody sees a stand, sees they might, stand sitting there. They, you know, somebody's here for a reason, right? So I try yep. to kind of be a little bit more incognito for those reasons. Uh, but two is, you show up and somebody decides they don't want you hunting there. They they took my sticks, the first set of sticks that I had. Um, I have, usually have three going up the tree, so they took my first one, so I can't reach the second one. And then they cut oh they cut my bow rope. I have a nice, you know bow rope tether you pull up your bow and then you show up and it's your system's all jacked up so yeah yeah it's terrible so luckily for me that day i was going to pick it up at the end of the year and i show up and i can't even pick it up so i gotta head out come back in you know bring another stick so i can get up and take all the stuff out you must have been tech yeah i mean i'm not using very expensive stands and all that stuff specifically for those reasons but you know had i been going in the middle you know you know yeah, if you're four going o'clock in the morning, going in, you know, thirty minutes before legal time to you don't set want up, to deal with that stuff. I mean, that's yeah, and you know, you would never do that to someone else. No, I, I, you know, I try to respect boundaries, yeah. but there's some in every crowd, so there is. That was that was some incentive, and that's all. I mean, you know, I've got three kids. I work a couple jobs. My time is valuable. I don't have time to go, yeah, and pick up sets in four or five different areas. Yeah. You know, it takes a whole day or two just yep. to do it. So no, you get limited time and want to limited spend that time hunting instead of yep setting and tearing setting yep. up and tearing down. Yep. Well, since we were talking about being in good shape and weight's not an issue for you, come to find out you're a closet runner. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I didn't know. So you you did a triathlon recently, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did my first one last year. Yeah, how'd that yeah. turn out? It was it was good. I mean, it was I. It went better than I thought it would for yeah. my first one. You know, I I played sports in high school. I you know I played center mid in soccer. Yeah. So I'm I run, but I never like. That's a different beast. It's it's like it's the hamster effect. You know, you put a ball, I can run all day chasing it yeah. like a hamster does, but just to run, it was kind of a different. It's between the ears. It's between the ears, and I'm I'm very competitive. Yeah. And so for me, I needed something. I always need something to beat. Yeah. And it's hard to start something when you don't have a for me when you don't have a baseline to beat. Yeah. Or anything like that. So, uh, my wife is actually the one. She started road biking. Okay. Last year, and I said, if that's what you want to do, go for it. I want no part of it, <laughs> right? And so she started biking. She ends up doing this race in Bangor that comes up. Yeah. And it's a bit, I use the term race loosely here because it's really more like a ride. Yeah. But, you know, it's a race. It's timed and all yeah. that. Fantastic event. We had a great time. And all of a sudden, I find myself at the end of that year going, 
I want to do this. I want to do it. I want to do this. So I bought uh, a bike off Craigslist, started riding it for a couple months. That I was like, man, this is not bad at all. No kidding. And then this spring, I kind of started, or last spring, I should say, I, I started picking it up and yeah. uh, kind of going with it. And I was like, man, I wonder what I could do with this. And yeah. then ended up getting the idea. I said, yeah, let's try a half Ironman and, and try that. So swimming is awful. So your first one was an Ironman. My heart, first one was a half Ironman. There's a big <laughs> okay, difference. Yeah. There's a big difference. Still, we'll just a, go with Ironman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, technically, it was an Ironman event, but it was not the full Ironman that you see. So, All right. um, but yeah, I mean, that's keeps me in shape doing yeah. it. It's uh, something else I can I can do. I, I can do it with M. Yep. Um, Ayla, we bought Ayla a bike. It's just I think it's just a good. See, that's why you'd be a good deer tracker. I. Dude, you, yeah. I could track. Obviously, I don't know the art. You know what I mean? Like, there's, oh, there's subtle I mean, tales that not, you, you no. know, and that, that you know that I wouldn't. I would obviously have to pick it up. Man. I've I've wanted to do it. Um, well, you came up once with us. I came up. That was the year I shot that. I shot yeah. the biggest buck I shot, and I just tagged along with you trying to drag we one We should have shot a buck that day, too. It, we we came close. That was, we were into some we deer. Close. Yeah. That's what happens when you hesitate for a second. Yeah. We were into a lot of deer. And there yeah. was a buck chasing a doe. Because remember we yeah. we were we were tracking some deer and I see the back end of a deer going to a blowdown. Yep. And we made our way up there. We jumped two deer off to the left. Yeah. Some and then we came into it was just a barnyard of tracks. It was there was deer it was, all through there. That's where they were hanging out. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah we'd kind of ended up coming back backtracking to where we'd come from. And we were standing there. Remember, yeah. here comes a well, two deer. Obviously, it was a buck and a doe. Yeah. And the doe comes out across the little opening, and the buck was right behind her. And I just... It was... There hesitated was some... for a second, thinking, man, I'm making sure it's a buck, because there was a lot yeah. of deer in there. Yeah. And he was grunting and going at the whole way. Yeah, that's true. I remember that. Whole way down But it was there. thick, and I remember there was a lot of beach coming up in yeah. that. It was, a, it was a thick area. Yeah. That was a good day. I think we... That was the year... We had a lot of snow. A lot more than we do this when year. We, yeah, but I think it was one of those. It was one of those falls that we'd gotten snow early was, in October. Yeah, it was hard going. We went, yeah, all we, day. I think it was like eighteen inches of snow. There was, yeah, probably. I yeah, because because like going in, it was just two tracks in the road, and if you get off the road, yeah, you were stuck. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we went all day. We do. Yeah, we were there all day. Yeah, well, hard. we got you found a set of tracks right first thing in the morning yeah. and. We went pretty much right till dark. So yeah, and when we get into them, and yeah, but yeah, you, I think you'd have a lot of fun. Yeah, different I would, is, I mean, different than bow hunting. Yeah, that's a different. I've I've wanted to different beast. I've wanted but, to do it, but. So what was your your first main buck? First main buck was actually up north. It was a little uh, fork horn. Okay. I shot in one of those dedicated setups that um, up around Van Buren. Yeah, yeah, yep. okay. up around in that area. Um, my dad and I got permission to hunt this old potato field that had basically turned into clover. Yep. And uh, deer were hitting it with somewhat regularity, uh, as regular as you can up, you know, up here. <clears throat> and that day, I actually I overslept my alarm. I was <laughs> I was a I was a sophomore in high school. Okay. And it was Veterans Day. And I was like, man, I'm going to go out tomorrow. You know, we had a nice little cabin. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll sit most of the day. And I, I think I woke up at like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Yeah. Know? I was like, I almost didn't go. And I said, well, whatever, I'm just going to go. And I got there maybe, you know, 9, 9.30, set up. And 
about 11 o'clock, I see a deer come out in the field. No kidding. And it was just this little dinky buck. And I just, I just remember like I'd never had an opportunity on a buck. You know, I was 16 at this point yep. and in six years of hunting, I'd never seen or had a chance. And I just remember, I just, I bowed down. I said, thank you, Lord, for giving me this chance. <laughs> and I got back up and I ended up just, you know, shooting this deer. Oh, you did that before you shot I it? I did that oh before I gosh. shot. I was just, I was, I needed to calm myself down. You know yeah. what I mean? I was shaking like a leaf, <clears throat> it's, you know. If you don't see a lot of deer, I think people from Maine can relate to that. Yeah. Because I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, we don't have, not now, we don't have a huge population of deer. So you spend deer seasons like if you get one opportunity yeah that's a good it's it's good not season it's not a common trait you're with not all seeing the other a lot of states. deer and yeah. i know the guys at our deer camp would say the same thing when i was a kid like even being experienced as they were because they were a, a lot older and uh even when they would see a buck sometimes it almost doesn't register you spend so many days yeah not seeing a deer and i can remember them saying dale one of the guys in particular, he would say, like, you'd see a buck and be like, that, that doesn't belong there. Yeah. Like, you yeah. just have this, I don't know, it's yeah. just... Yeah, am I hallucinating? Yeah, so you, <laughs> especially if you're a stand hunter, yeah, which a lot of people in eastern Aroostook County are, they spend, you know, so much time looking at a spot and not seeing yeah. anything. And then you see something there and it's like, that, yeah. that doesn't look right. That yeah, doesn't what, belong there. What is that? Yeah, it's yeah, hard to... I didn't to, know we had those. Yeah. <laughs> people from other parts of the country that you know they probably see yeah i mean bucks on a daily basis i see more deer in one day of hunting out west than i do in three years of hunting out here it's just the terrain and the numbers of deer now i remember you you had an interesting story of one i think it was a mule deer you shot that you packed out yeah well there's probably quite a few all of them i've done that but yeah yeah there was one that was quite a ways wasn't there yeah probably uh it's probably in nevada i went uh, a couple years ago that's that was kind of that was a big one for me that was a big confidence boost Um, what was that hunt like that was an absolute slog it was awful it was it was like one of the worst weeks of my life and it's one of those things that i've realized that that's kind of what hunting is a lot of the time you see the glamour shots, you see all these, yeah. you know, like all these high points, but you never ever see the lows that people go through with hunting, yeah. right? Like, like you're talking about, you don't see a deer all year. Nobody no. ever brags about that on social media, no. right? I'm such a good hunter. I didn't see a deer all year. Yeah. It happens. It just wrong happens place, wrong time. But. Talk, talk to dad. He's had a couple <laughs> dry seasons, you know? I, I've been there. And you I've sit there, there. And, and the wheels spin, you know? Yeah. Like, and what am I doing wrong? Exactly. Sometimes it's just, you got the, you just got the bad luck that year. But. Yeah. But no, this hunt, Nevada is an interesting structure. They are, they give out very few tags. So the quality of hunts is typically higher because you have less competition. So did you have to apply? Yeah, for you tag? got to apply. Okay. Yeah. So I had six years of preference points for this hunt. Okay. And I have a buddy that lives out in Idaho and he's, he's a diehard. I've yeah. learned a lot hunting with him. So we, you know, I met him and when I, was in South Dakota uh, doing residency yeah. out there. So we we kept connected. And uh, I said, hey, I have points in Nevada. Do you have some? He said, yeah. Turns out we had about the similar amount of points. Okay. So we said, you know, whenever you want to do it. And 2021 was that year. So we ended up drawing a tag. It's early season tag. So it's velvet muleys. Yeah. Always wanted a velvet muley. You know, just to, I think they're cool. So, you know, he's like, when do you want to go? And so, well, let's go like, Let's go right when the season opens, okay. right? You know, so it ends up, I think it was August 10 was the opener. 
right? So that is pretty early. Yeah, I mean August 10 in Nevada. That's gonna be hot. You get it's gonna be hot, but of course these are you know we were hunting. It's a mountain hunt, yeah. right? So we we go. We start looking at the weather forecast, and it's like for comparison, normal highs in those areas are like. 80 degrees, 80, In August? In August. Okay. Yeah, in those mountain areas. Yep. But early morning, late evening, it gets cold. I mean, no it's kidding. like 30 degrees. It, the swing in temperatures wow, is like unbelievable. Swing. Yeah. Like in the mornings, you're wearing everything that you have, and by the end of the day, you're stripped down basically naked okay. because it's so hot, right? Yep. So this hunt, we, was a, we were there for nine days, and for the first eight days of it, the highs did not get below 95 Oh my God. It was like the mornings were cold, you know, it was 50 degrees. So you'd climb up high, you'd glass, but you didn't get a lot of deer activity because yeah. instead of 30 degrees, it's 50 degrees in the morning. So it's hard, it's hard to get motivated to hunt. It's, it's hard to get motivated to hunt. And like, you know, I'm, I'm all for doing stupid things and we did a couple <laughs> stupid things doing that, you know, and, but it's like, there's, you, you couldn't carry enough water in the course of a day okay, yeah, to survive yeah, out there. Yeah, I was carrying, you know, I'd get up first morning, I would chug a liter of, of water. I'd have a two-liter bladder. I'd have another liter bottle, and I would bring food and a, a kill kit that has, you know, the stuff to pack it out yep. and my pack, and that's it. You know, I'm, I'm not carrying that much, but by 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Dying. we're like, we got to get out of here. We're running out of water, yeah. you know, and they don't have water sources everywhere to pump from somewhere. It was just it was just a different and you're you're sweating. It's All so right. for for eight days, that's basically what we did. You know, Jeez. we would get up glass, not see a whole lot of deer, do some, you know, recon mission where we would just climb to the top and just try to find something yep. to go after. Try to make something happen. And uh one one morning uh we kind of did that. We we hunted this area, we saw some deer could just never get a situation to work out so we yeah. said let's just move you know i mean this is kind of where i get the mobility aspect of where yeah. i hunt now let's just move let's just hike in somewhere else and let's let's do it so we we hike in one day in the dark and of course it was aaron's idea my buddy i'm cursing him as we're going up so i'm like <laughs> man like what what is this guy doing uh, you know it's climbing mountains it's like three hours before sunrise you're climbing four miles in climbing you know two thousand vertical to get to the top Jeez and you get crap. there and then we come around the corner and there's, you know, there's four bucks. And we 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 push one off. And Paul, this mule deer, one of them was just this uh, biggest mule deer I've ever seen. No I'd probably put him, you know, 180, 190 class, Holy if shoot. I had to guess. Just in all full velvet, giant. We And, you know, this was, by the time we found him, it was, you know, we're pushing lunchtime and yeah. whatever. So we're looking. He We ended up bumping him. And he ended up kind of going back towards the trucks. Okay. And so, you know, he said, well, if he's going towards the trucks, we're going to go there anyway. So we we kept going after him. And, yeah. you know, Aaron just bounds off this mountain, basically running after this thing. <laughs> I'm like, what's this guy doing? Throwing you know, like, him. You know, so I'm, of course, I'm, I'm going to follow, <laughs> yeah. right? So we end up going, well, it's, the, it's probably one of the craziest things I've seen. This giant mule deer, like, would just bed down on the backside of the next ridge. No right, so you're just basically going up and down ridges, and he would just bed on the other the other yep. side. And so you'd come around, and like the first couple of times, we're not expecting that, right? We're just trying to cover ground, and you bump him, and he goes up over the next one. And like we did that twice, and we're like, "What is going on?" And you could see him go up the other side, and you can just see he's walking, his 
tongue is out. No way. I was like, this was just a fat grandpa out of shape deer, really. Yeah. And he had two younger deer that were just like, you know, like kids that are just running around doing yeah. everything. And they were kind of his lookouts. We had a couple really close calls with that deer, but those, I mean, they were just so amped up from, you know, us bumping him and yep. we really didn't play the situation right. We were, we were in Hail Mary mode at that point. Yeah. Uh, but we chased those deer for for most of the day. It was just the coolest thing to just see this Jeez deer. I mean, we were we were we were basically you know chasing down a deer, and those small yeah, deer. If they would have given up on that buck and taken off, I think we would have killed that deer. No kidding. But those deer were just his lookout, so you yeah. could just never get close. One would look one way, one would look the other way, and you could just never kept busting you. Just kept busting us. Yeah. So did you shoot a deer on that trip? I did. So okay. that that area, we went out and. Uh, Believe it or not, this was after, you know, like seven days. This was six, the sixth or seventh day. We hadn't taken showers yet. So we find this <laughs> little... a nice it was, smell it was, back at it camp. It was awful, yeah. So we end up finding uh, a campground. You know, we rented a site for the night just to take a shower. Yeah. And then we went back and kind of, we packed in that night to this this area. And we had, it was the second to last day. The last day we just had the morning before we had to to get out of there. Um, and so we packed in and it was, we went in a different way and we followed this drainage and it was just, you know, you're side hilling with, you know, you got your tent, your sleeping bag and yep. all that stuff. It was miserable. So, and it's hot too. Right. So we set up, you know, all is good. We find some deer that night, didn't really have a play on them, but the next day it's supposed to be a little bit cooler and it's like the last full day. So Aaron, he says, all right, let's just split up. You go this way, I'll go yep. this way, and you know we'll double our chances again. When you something. say cooler, like it was a high of eighty-five. Oh, okay, day. yeah. So <laughs> a little bit more normal, but that yeah. day there was actually an adjacent fire, so there was some smoke cover, okay. and so it blocked the sun, so it made it cloudier and it made it feel colder than it actually okay. was. So it was actually really good stocking conditions because I didn't have a sun, I had the wind, yep. you know, I had I had I had some cover, so it it worked out. So that morning he goes his way, I go my way. And uh, I glassed for an hour and a half up on this hillside. I didn't see anything. I'm like, man, what a waste of the best day of the trip. Yeah, Undoubtedly yeah. the best day of the trip. And I'm thinking about giving it up. Maybe I should climb another hillside. And then boom, there I see them. They're much lower than I thought that they'd be. And there's six of them. So I watch them kind of mosey around and they bed. And I start making a move and then they get up. And I'm, so I just want to make sure I know where they're bedded. Yep. Right. So... Eventually they get in a spot and I said, I think I can find them. So I, you know, go down this hillside, go up the next, and I start working my way in and decide that, you know, the initial route that I went on wasn't going to work. So I back up, go around another way. And, uh, you know, I remember coming and I'm just seeing, and it's this, this rock ledge and there's like, it, it kind of looked like a castle, like the entrance to a castle. Yeah. Like, I don't, it so it was a really good vantage point for me to mark visually because there's nothing else that looked like it. Yep. So I knew those deer were right there. So as I come around the corner, there's six deer all bedded in the shadows along this ledge. No it was just the coolest thing to be 200 yards just yeah. looking, and you're just just seeing these deer lined up there. So I was able to use the rocks and hide and end up climbing up um, so that the top, it's like, it kind of like bowed down into a bowl. So okay. I climbed to the top of the one that's closer to me, and I was actually 55 yards from a decent buck, and I get the full draw. And it's a little bit windy, and I just didn't feel good about the shot. And I started looking around, and I was like, man, I think I can get closer. Okay. And I really pushed my issue because the wind wasn't really great. It was a yep. little bit swirly. And when those, you know, as it goes around those rocky points, yep. you never exactly know how that's going to swirl. Yep. But I said, I think 
I mean, it's the last day I'm going to try to make it happen. Yeah. And so in hindsight, I probably should have taken that shot. I didn't. I guess it, it worked out. But So I climb around this ledge, and I end up getting like 40 yards from these deer. Okay. And I, I'm like, and so I just kneel down. I can't see them, but I know they're just on the other side of this rock. Yeah. And so I, you know, I got an arrow. I'm on my knees. I'm knocked. I'm ready. And then like, I'm like, I'm going to sit here for as long as it takes. I'm not going to spook him. I'm just, and like, it took two minutes, Paul, and the wind swirled. And it went up in that drainage. And then, so they all get up and they bounce out right in front of me. And they're like 50 or so yards or yep. so. And I'm, so I draw back and I'm looking and there's just like six deer huddled together, you know, and there's antlers everywhere. And I'm trying to pick, you know, there's a couple smaller bucks and there's yeah. a couple bigger bucks. So I pick one. I was like, this is a good buck. I don't know if it's the biggest one. I don't have time to evaluate. Yeah. So I, you know, end up shooting this buck and I missed. Season crow. I, I missed. It went low. I don't know if maybe my, I didn't have a chance to range him, but I yeah. arranged everything beforehand. I don't know if it's that or I just, you know, yeah. mooched the shot. Yeah. So I'm like, well, at least I got my chance, right? Well, they end up like, they just stayed there. They didn't really know what was up. I had good cover where I was. Yeah, so okay. I, you know, slowly knock another arrow and, you know, draw back. I was able to get away with it all. And there's one, the closest one to me was, he looked like a decent buck at that point in time. So I drew back and I, I put a, I put a much better shot on that one. Yeah. I hit him mid body, you know, tunneled up the, and he takes off and he goes up and they all start going up and then he goes down. I was like, man, this is my buck. It's it. This it. is my buck. And, uh, so when it was all done, he ended up being about 300 yards from camp. Oh, no way. Yeah. He guy just made a big circle around yep. to get to where he was. So I uh, I found him. I was like, oh man, this is awesome. So I said, well, I'm gonna I'll just run back to camp and see if Aaron's back, you know, and see what he's up to. Yeah. I get back to camp and he's sitting there with a big mule deer in no, his in his pack. That's a good day. I said you and he and he says yeah. I was just about ready to go to the truck to drop this off and he had wrote a message in the rocks, you know, like two truck. Yeah. You know, with a bloody arrow, so I knew what was up. And uh, I said, well, you want to come help me? So. <laughs> he, you you know, so he drops his pack. We go, we, we get my deer, pack it all up. And then um, we packed it out that night. We ended up getting to the truck. I think I had like a cliff bar all day. I get to oh the truck God. at like 10 o'clock at night. It's pitch black. You know, we're, ro I probably, you know, it's like a 12 mile day, you know. Holy smokes. Side hilling with a full pack on the way out. So how, how far was the, pa the pack out with the deer? About four saying? miles. That was four miles. Yeah, which... I've packed out deer four miles. If you're on flat terrain, it's, yeah. I mean, it's not fun, but it's, yeah, it's easy. But this was just like the side hilling, this draw and drainage. It was probably better that it was dark because it was, it was not a whole lot of fun to see what was coming up next. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're so bushwhacking true. through alders because yep. it's in this river bottom and crossing back and forth. So we end up, uh, you know, packing that out and then packed back in that night because we had to get our tent, get your gear and stuff like that. So. Um, that's insane. Those make good stories. Yeah, it was, those it, are good. Or make good experiences, good memories. It was like, I wouldn't want a hunt. I mean, like as, as awful as that was, it was just the absolute perfect hunt yeah. to, to stick with it for yeah. eight or, you know, I think it was eight or nine days, whatever it ended up being. Yeah. Um, just miserable, miserable, hot. Yeah. It was, it was it was awful. Those so you know, and that's best. that speaks credits to having a good dedicated hunting partner too. Because yeah. at any point, if he would have said, "Listen, I'm out. I'm done with this," you're right. I probably wouldn't have been far behind him and said, you're "Yeah, right. you're right. This sucks." Yeah, it and makes it easy to 
throw in the hat. Yeah. Someone else does. Yeah. And you know, you know, he said the same. He's like, dude, I, I wouldn't have shot that deer without you. Yeah. And I wouldn't have shot my deer. That was him. was that your last day of the hunt? That Cheers. was the second to last second day. To last yeah. Day. So, you know, we were it was a nice end because of course I have to fly back. So I had a chance to get the meat all frozen, kind of sectioned off, pack my stuff. How do you get the meat back? On the plane. No kidding. Yeah. Check really? bag. Yep. No yeah, buy buy a cooler. Yeah. Um I always bring a, a scale with okay. me, some handheld scale, yeah. so I know how much it weighs, but put put the meat, 50 pounds, and uh, if you, you you can, the first, I mean, it depends which airline you fly. The first two aren't usually too bad. The third one, it starts to get expensive. Okay. So, you know, I've, I left some with Aaron since he's yep. out there. He uses it, so. All right. I mean, for me to spend 150 bucks to bring back 10, 20 extra pounds of meat. Yeah. It's not really worth it. No, nope. no, nope, wouldn't make sense. When he'll use it just all the same. So that's. Was, there was a story, and I might be mistaken, but wasn't there a, a hunt you did? I think it was with a rifle that you'd pack. It was quite a pack out. You were with a buddy. Yeah, it's, that might be, uh, that's probably South Dakota. Um, For some reason, I was thinking like eight miles. No, no. we didn't. We weren't, we weren't in quite that deep. Um. I've I've actually only shot one animal out west with a rifle. And what, what was that? The that was that was the first mule deer I ever shot okay. in South Dakota. Yeah, we I actually drove out there with a buddy, and we bow hunted. And this is like the school of like you have no idea what you're doing and you're figuring it out. As this you was go? this was the trip that was figuring it out. Okay, you know? I mean it was you it. Just mistake after mistake, yep. dedicating too much time to areas that don't have deer. Well, that's how you learn. I mean, it was just like, man, why can we not get on deer? Yep. And ever since then, I've kind of put pieces together, and so I can usually get on deer. Yeah. But this trip, it was, I mean, it was a struggle fest. But okay. There's one spot, actually, when I lived out there, I had shot a whitetail buck out of the spot. It was the only uh, tag I could get okay. as a non-resident kind of last minute like yep. I was that year. So I was familiar with the area. At that point in time, and it's a big public area with walk-in. I just said, "Hey, let's just let's just go for a walk, you know, yeah. and see what happens." So, um, you know, we bow hunted it. We saw some deer. We never really had a chance over there, but it was nice to see deer. Yeah. So, opening day of rifle season, we got up at two. We stayed at a buddy's house in Rapid. Drove over to the unit, hiked in. You know, four miles in the dark. It's not not difficult hiking in yeah. South Dakota, but. And there's people everywhere. Is there? There's a lot of people. Of course, like there's probably a lot of people that hunt in Maine that you just don't see because yeah. you know you can't see for two, three hundred yep. yards. Sometimes you can see like there's somebody on every hillside. No kidding. I mean, ah, it, that would be so it, so discouraging. It was, it was very discouraging, right? So we were, you know, and you can hear shots going off, and you're, man, like how is there a deer that's going to be in here? Yeah. Right. And so we set up in the spot that we had seen deer working through. And a nice four point comes out like, you know, mid morning. I don't know if he got bumped or, you know, cause there's yep. obviously there's people walking everywhere too. So it stirs, stirs things up. Uh, and we weren't set up in a good spot. And again, this is one of those learning curve things that I was not in the spot that I needed to be. Okay. Um, and so we had a shot, we had like a, I think probably 300 yard shot that my buddy took and he missed. Okay. Uh, so we, uh, we went over, checked it. There's no blood. Come back over to the hillside that we were originally on, but shifted farther down for better shooting angles. Yep. And he peeked up over the top on the other side, and there was a smaller buck with a bunch of does. He ended up shooting that one. So we packed that one out. Uh, it was just four miles back to the truck. 
you know, easy walk, but you're still, still, you're still walking it, right? You are. You're, it's a deer with, split with between weight. two. Yeah, I mean, it's a deer split between two, yeah. so it wasn't that bad. But I grabbed the bite to eat, went back in. On the way in, I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to go. You know what I mean? Like, we just shot a deer here. There's people over there. Yeah. So I end up seeing a doe in this bottom. Sounds good. We'll set up here for the night. You know, I've got two <laughs> hours left. I mean, I know that there's deer in the area. I know that there's a deer here. So you guys will go in and hunt? And then camp out? We not the, not on this trip. Okay. We didn't. We actually, I really wasn't sure what my plan was going to be on this one. Okay. I We were probably going to end up sleeping in the truck that night. Okay. Yeah. So we were excited because we were like, hey, we're going to have back straps. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're going to have back straps for supper. We'll yeah. just, you know, eat it in the truck and we'll be out first thing tomorrow yeah. anyway. Right. Yeah. So like seven minutes before light ends that night, I look up and there's a buck that comes out on the hillside across from us. Right. Jeez. It's like 200 yards. Yeah. I look, I said, dude, there's a buck there. Can you know, can you confirm? He says, Yep, there's antlers. It's a good buck. I and I shot. I dropped him right there. I luckily I, you know, it's I made a shot. I made a good shot because it wouldn't have been fun to try to find it. Try to I mean it, it by the time I got to him, it's dark. So I don't know where he you know, where yeah. exactly he is on the hillside to be looking for yeah. blood. So dropped him right there. He ended up being he was a nice, nice muley. So yeah, we uh Did you pack that one out all by yourself? Yeah. Is that the one? You're, I, yeah. I remember a story where your buddy was like, oh, let me, you're like, no, this is my. I was own. like, I, I just have, I have to do this one for me, yeah. you know? So I packed <laughs> out, I was actually kind of pissed because I couldn't pack out. We didn't debone it. We took, we quartered it and took the, okay. the bones, but I couldn't fit one of the hind quarters in it. You know, I've never shot a 250 pound deer like yeah. you have in Maine, but this deer was all of 250 pounds. It was a big deer. I've shot 200 pound deer in Maine. Yeah. This deer was, he was a tank. No kidding. He was a tank. I couldn't fit. No so I was like, all right, you got to bring this, this thing. I'll take the rest. Yeah. And so we, you know, I took That's it out. It was probably awesome. like a, you know, a 16 mile day packing, you know, two deer out. That's awesome. I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of people doing it. It's not like I'm doing stuff that nobody no. does, but you, there's a level of effort and reward that you, you kind of get out West that sometimes you don't get here. And yeah. Home. You know, we, we've talked about that, like. I've shot deer that I didn't really do anything to shoot it. Yeah. Like I, it was just a lucky and you don't feel there's something missing. Yeah. You feel almost, I don't want to say guilty, but it definitely doesn't feel like the times that you kind of put a plan together and bust your butt. It works kind out. of everything comes together yeah. and it happens and you're like, and that was a really good hunt. I guess that's part of hunting. It doesn't happen often, but man, it's nice it's, when it does. It's not just killing. Yep. You know, if it was just killing, then pulling the trigger would be, Yep. I guess, the end all right. be all. But right. it's uh, yep. it's hunting. When you did your residency out west, was yep. that your whole reason for doing that? Was because you wanted to go out there hunting? It was. And get that ex not, it wasn't entirely. I mean, it played a role. Yeah. It, I looked at uh, at my wife at the time and I was just like, you, you want to do this? I mean, like, this is a year of no commitment. Yeah. You know, we don't have to stay. Obviously, our plan was to come back. Yeah. Um, you know, is this, do you want to do it? She's like, yeah, let's, let's try it. So I interviewed out there. Of course, I had a, you know, daughter, I had Ayla in pharmacy school. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I didn't have uh, the greatest of residency accolades to support. I wasn't going to go to like the Ohio State or yeah. any of those places. So, you know, the Midwest was a, uh, kind of happy medium for me where yep. I could get the experience but not have the, I guess, competition. Yeah. Uh, and I went there, interviewed at a couple of places, and the people in South Dakota were just, they were just fantastic. Really? I mean, I couldn't, I honestly could not have asked for a better 
Yeah, it sounds uh, like you had a good experience out the, there. The people that I learned from, which have made me grow professionally. Yeah. The relationship that Em and I have has grown personally because of that, because we had to, I mean, it was just us. Yeah. You know, we're... Yeah, those are the greatest, greatest times a lot of the time. Yeah, we're, you're 23 years old with a with a daughter. And no money. Middle, with nobody, and you're completely dependent on each other. Yeah. And there's uh, people doing that everywhere. It's not like, it's not like no. we're the only ones doing that, but it's... Yeah. Gives you a perspective that I can really truly trust this person and count on them to. You appreciate yeah. things. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, later on. Yeah. Lisa and I have always said that, you know, like anytime, because when we went to school, you know, no money, just her and I. Yeah. Yep. It's like you, you do what you got to do. You figure it out. Yeah. And, and figure it out. And yeah. You really appreciate the finer things in life. Yeah. As opposed to when everything's just handed to you. And yeah, the things that your parents went through to yeah. provide for you as you, yeah. you're like, man, I have to do this now. Okay, yeah, I, I get yeah. why you were upset when I did this. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then you have a kid that you're yeah. keeping alive. Trying. As well, trying. you That's know. a full-time job sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and that brings us back to, you know, hunting as well. Those, those hunts that you hunt, that you work hard for, yeah, have a totally different they, different meaning. They They really do. When you... Did did you do now you like to you like to fish. Yeah. You're a big fly fisherman. Yeah. That was something like I think when I met you, were you an avid fly fisherman then? N- not at the time. Then um, you matriculated into a pretty serious Yeah. So I mean like growing up here, it's a lot of like native trout. Just yeah. you can't get that any, I mean you you, no. you can't really get that anywhere else. No, and I've talked about know, that a, a lot. Maine. I took it for granted. I took it for granted too, right? Why? You can go you, anywhere. You have no idea what everybody else has. That's it. Right? So you don't have... But the fish are not really all that picky for the most part. There are not. a lot of these ponds that maybe see a handful of fish yep. in a year, right? So you can fish dries, pick a pattern, it doesn't really Anything. matter. And Paul, I remember going and I started fishing in rap and I was like, oh yeah, I, I fly fish. I know exactly you know what I'm doing. Different beast. Could not catch a fish to yeah. save my life. End up, they got, they have a really cool fly shop out there. I went, I bought some flies from them. I was like, I need help, right? Out South Dakota? Yeah. 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 And I was, you know, I was too poor, too stubborn. I couldn't get like a guided trip to learn the yeah. ropes and whatever. So, you know, I they showed me that, you know, I got indicators. They gave me nymphs. I never use nymphs because no. you don't use nymphs in Northern Maine. You nope. don't need to do that. And, you know, you're fishing clear water out there that run off from reservoirs and stuff. And I just remember I found this spot. I just mapped it. You know, it was a nice little bank set. You can see the fish in the water. You yeah. know, there's 10, 10, 12 feet of water. And I just, the first fish I ever caught out there was on a, you know, pink squirrel, which is like a, it's a midge with a little pink yeah. hot spot. Yeah. And I just casted it. I didn't even feel the take, didn't take my indicator or anything. And I just, you know, lifted up to recast and I got a fish. There's a fish on. Yeah. And there's a nice, you know, nice brown, the first yeah. brown I ever caught. And from there, it just kind of like progressed. And I met Aaron. He was a more dedicated fisherman than I yeah. was. So he helped me out, you know, learning and, and some of that. And by the end of the year, there's this one section of river that's really fished hard. It's really clear. There's big fish, um, you know, as those areas get pressure, right? Yeah. And kind of, I started to figure it out doing that, you know, because like you could see the fish, you could see how they respond to certain flies. Yep. You could learn that there are certain times when they're feeding, certain times when they're not feeding, and kind of things like that. Um, 
So my highlight there and kind of when I feel like, man, I'm really figuring this out was there's a spot I wanted to fish and there's a guy that's fishing there. Uh, I gave him his space. I fish around. Of course, I don't catch anything, but I know where he's at. There's fish. Yeah. And he fishes there for 30 minutes, an hour, and he doesn't catch anything. So I show up there. I see the fish. I'm like, all right, I think they're feeding on this, you know, tie something on. First cast, I end up hooking into this, you know, mid-20s, oh lower God. 20s, not mid-20s, lower, you know, yeah. 20s rainbow. And, you know, this guy's driving out on the bridge. He's watching you? He's watching me. Oh. I, I, you know, I was like, sorry, dude. But <laughs> A little bit of a... You know, and it's not every day is like that. Some days no. I'm going to be the guy on the bridge. It's just yeah. kind of the way it is. But that day was like, okay, you know, like I, I can figure these yeah. things out. You feel good in those days. Yeah. And then it gives you, you know, you just branch out and then you try new stuff because you've learned a technique and... Yeah. Maine's different that way, you know, or Northern Maine, I should, should say. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, like I very seldom ever have to change a fly. Yeah. No, you know, really... it's the fish aren't. They're not fished over very much, nope. and they're not picky. Unless there's a really particular hatch going off. I know, like, there's a trico hatch along the river. Yeah. They can get pretty picky on stick, yeah. something like that. But Yeah. You've yeah, for the me, most part. You've told me a little bit about your experiences on that roostook. I've never, I've never gone it's after, good, after yeah, that. Yeah. It has some good fish in it. Yeah. And not hard to... I mean, it's right there. Really hard to catch. Yeah. They can be... A lot of good caddisfly hatches yeah. on the river, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, out west, like Henry's Fork, some of those I mean, big popular rivers. I've, I've floated them. It's not it's not the same beast, Paul. There's so many fish in that river, those rivers, and there's so many bugs. Yeah. Well, there's, and people. There's so Sounds many people. Like it's there, shoulder to shoulder. There's, there. there's a lot of people, but like, it doesn't matter. You know, no the kidding. fishery, consists, it's a lot of catch yeah. and release. You know, not, not a lot of people yeah. are, are cat, keeping fish there, but yeah. I mean, it's. There's so many fish there. Yeah. Like the guides and people who are dedicated fishermen are just like ripping through fish to get the fish. No kidding. You know what I mean? They're yeah. going for that upper 20s, 30-inch brown rainbow in some of these yeah. areas. I mean, it's 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 not it's not the same. <laughs> you know, you make a point there earlier. You're talking about, you know, you, at the time you said you couldn't afford a guide or whatever. To, yeah. And it's like all that stuff, the education costs money. Yeah. Or I shouldn't say money in particular. It costs something. Costs Whether it's you hire a guide, yeah, it's going to cost out of your pocket or time and mistakes. Mistake. You end up learning flies one way or line. <laughs> yeah, you end up learning. Yeah, through some expense. Yeah, and eventually you figure out. You know, the the hardest. I've always said the hardest animal to kill, the hardest fish to catch, is the first one. Yeah. Then you know that what something yeah. that you've done is working, and then you can. You know, if you build have a day, off of that, yeah. yeah, you know, you want to try something different, that's fine, but you know, this works. Yeah. You can always go back to it. And it's like your secret weapon that you can yeah. go to. So, yeah. So let's, let's talk about your, your biggest main buck. Yeah. That was, you came up to camp with us that year yep. and deer hunted. Yeah. And you ruined the hunt by shooting a. I wasn't passing on that guy. <laughs> <I don't mind. laughs> that was a beautiful buck. It was, a, it was a good deer. Yeah. We had, we had that deer on camera for years. Yeah, I remember um, you saying that. I, I mean, I never had him aged, but I'm confident he was at least six and a half no at kidding. the time. Yeah, he was a short deer, but the area I hunt, this is obviously down down south where yeah. I'm where I'm at. There's, it's a good chunk of land, but they don't hang on it all that much. Okay, you kind of have to get there's does that hang around, and then you there's some there's some decent bucks. You know, I mean, yeah. I've really learned the property as the years have gone, and this those. 
those deer don't hang out on that. So yep. you're really dependent on a buck chasing or, you know, something like that. So on this morning, um, you know, I just set up, there's a little, there's a pinch point, which is our areas I try to focus in on yep. the rut to try to bring that activity to me instead yep. of trying to find it. Uh, and, you know, I just walked in, set up, and, you know, an hour, not even an hour before light, the, you know, doe comes right according to plan. You know, I have good wind yeah. on the trail she's supposed to come out on. And uh, I don't know how. Uh, I must have moved or she didn't. She picked me out. Yeah. And I just remember sitting there for 15 minutes, you know, just like trying not to move, just holding the rifle or some rifle hunting this time, yeah. right? And just like looking at the corner of my eye to the point that my eyes are starting to like twitch, you know, uh, got to give him a break and then just turn just enough to see. She actually spooked out and then kind of wasn't really sure and came back. And as she spooked, I was able to turn. Okay. And when I turned, I could see this other deer walking. And I just, I didn't see it for long, but I saw it long enough that I just saw a, a flash of a beam. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a good one. And he stopped uh, with his head behind a tree. And I just, I was like, I, I'm confident that's a buck. I had one little angle and that doe was not really having it. And I said, I think this is my, this is my chance. Yeah. So I shot and, uh, you know, that they, they were just on the backside of a knoll. So I couldn't really see, you know, the reaction as he's, you know, taken off. So give it a few minutes, go look, can't find blood, can't find blood. My cousin was around, he heard the shot. So he came he helped me look a little bit. Then he had to take off to go to work that morning. So can't find blood. I'm like, man, did I miss? There's no way. I mean, I'm like 100 yards. Yeah, there's no way that's... I missed. But I'm not seeing any blood and there's nothing like that. And so I'm just grid searching the area. And uh, yeah, I was like, man, you know what? I'm just going to start over. And I walk back. And on the walk back, I look down and there's a drop of blood right in the perfect, right in the middle of it. It can be hard. Right. And it's I, so hard. How did I, like, how did I miss that? Yeah. You know what I mean? You can see, but you couldn't tell like leaves were stirred up because the deer are using that often. If, so. well, plus, if anyone's ever tried to pick up a blood trail in the fall time on leaves, you'd be surprised yeah. how many leaves have little red dots on yeah. them. It just drives yeah. you nuts. And, but this one, I mean, it was just this nice brown leaf. Nice. And I mean, it, you couldn't have missed it. Yeah, it was boom. just, it was just like a calling. Yeah, and then right. I kind of, I picked up that trail and I was looking at it and it was a little bit chunky. I was like, man, I should probably give it a little bit more time. Yeah. And I heard something like 50, 60 yards ahead. And he was, you know, I came up over the edge and there he was. He was expired. Expiring. Yeah. He was, you know, doing his last twitches. Man, that was, he was a big deer. And what do yeah. you, what do you weigh? He, that was 194. 194. Yeah. What, when in November was it? Or the first week. It was like November 3 or November. Okay. Yeah. It was so yeah, he was going to be about as big as. That was, he was in yeah. his prime there, but I, I it just wasn't, uh, wasn't a big didn't have the frame for just didn't have the frame for it. I was I looking at the picture this morning because it looks like a thick deer. Yeah. Like I remember his chest and neck. Yeah, he was but you said he was short. He 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 was short. He wasn't yeah. like one of those ridge runner deers that you would expect. Yeah. So but a beautiful rack on him. He was he was thick. He was a nice he was a nice deer. He's still there's there's one other deer I've seen that's been that I would say is bigger than him. Okay. That in that same area I've never been able to find. But and that was you had it scored. 140 yeah 144 and change yeah so it was like mastic that. yeah i mean there's bigger deer being shot every year but that was oh, still. still one of the bigger deer i top three deer i've ever seen main deer aren't known for huge racks you no. see a lot of big a lot of big body deer shot and they're just yep. like a mediocre eight point yep. rack nothing yeah nothing special and uh yeah you shoot one 140 
Bear yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a, a good. That's a big deer. That's a, good that's a big deer buck. anywhere, but I yeah. think I mean that's this tough to do in Maine. Yeah. So, Riley, this year was kind of a special year for you. Mm-hmm. Your daughter shot her. Yeah. First that was, year. That was my uh, that was my focus. Yeah. I usually take a week off from work in November, and I end up going out west somewhere. And this year, I tried to plan it so I could be here yeah. for like the Saturdays that she was here because she. This last year was our first year, and she seemed to enjoy it. Yeah. The time together. So. How old is she? She's 12. 12. She's 12, yeah. So we finally put the pieces together and we were able to spend more than a, you know, a couple of days out yeah. this year. And uh, we went youth day, didn't see anything. Went, you know, the the next Saturday, I didn't see anything. The next Saturday, I was out of town. And we come back that Saturday and, um, you know, I looked at the wind. I said, this is, I said, all right, well, we're going to hunt this area, but we're going to have to go for a little bit of a walk. Yeah. Right. And uh, she says, all right. So we walked, you know, and, you know, I wasn't sure how she'd do with that. She did awesome, carried her gun all the way through. We set up, you know, clear the leaves, sit down. And uh, she, I got her a doe permit. And uh, doe and a fawn come out. She didn't want to shoot those because no she didn't want to shoot a, a pair. I said, that's fine. Let's watch them. So we watched. I said, keep, might be something behind it. Yeah. There wasn't. But an hour later, this guy came out. And I think it's probably the most stressful, you know, three minutes of my life. <laughs> it's right? different, it's a diff- different for a dad. It's different, you know, because I'm trying to set her up as much as I can. So I set her up setting so that I could help her hold the gun against the tree. Yeah. So it's just a rock solid rest. And of course, this thing comes to the side where there's no tree. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I see it and I'm like, all right, this is a lone deer, which she was willing to shoot. So I said, you know, Ayla, get your gun and just slowly bring it up. You know, start looking through the scope yeah. and trying to find it and sorting those things out. So as she's doing that, I'm trying to, you know, I'm holding the gun, trying to help her at least balance it. Yeah. And uh, this thing just keeps, doesn't really stop. And there's an oak tree, but it's not really in a good spot. Yeah. So I figured he was going to eat some acorns. Uh, but he's starting to get out to that window that we have, and our wind is going in that direction. I, I honestly don't know how he didn't wind us where he was, but it must have just been swirling enough. And he gets to that spot, and I just I went, meh. He doesn't stop. So I did it again. I did it louder, and this time he re- he didn't he reacted. He just bounded back where he came from. No way! I'm like crap. I just messed this up for her, right? And so he stops, bounds, and just looks back. And that never happens. Never happens, right? I did it kind of loud, you know, Still. probably in my excitement. Yeah. Um, you know, he. I don't. I don't know if he heard the first one and didn't react, and mm-hmm. then the second one was, but he. Stop there. I could still see him. And I said, let's just wait and see what he does. You know, keep your gun in the area. And so he ends up walking back. And finally, he moves into the just the the, the one spot that we had, just this perfect. Yeah. So as he's walking there, I said, he's going to go, Ayla, get up on that. You know, set yourself up. I start holding the gun. And we're right on the tree. I said, you know, you see him? She says, yeah, I see him. And he walks right in that area. And I go, meh. And this time, he stops, stops. on a dime, just like, just like it's supposed to be, yeah. right? And I'm I'm holding it, and she's. Can I shoot? <laughs> yeah, shoot, shoot! Right. So she, you know, she takes aim and shoots and hits it, and it just pretty much just dropped right there and kind of no took way. off. Um, and so yeah, we went up, and he wasn't he wasn't too far from there. Jesus. And there was it's a story of Ayla's first deer. How big was he? He was uh, he was a spike yeah. that actually busted off uh, one side. Okay. So I like to joke she did something I never did and shoot a one pointer. Shot a one pointer. <laughs> it's a great good first year, but he was 
136 pounds, I think. No kidding. Something like that. It was a big spike for that's down in big, that area. Yeah, that's a big deer. You know, compared to like, this is the same area I shot that that bigger buck. It was 194. That's big for a spike horn. Big. You know, figure a year and a half old. Yeah, I look, I was like, what's what's up with this deer? Is it like me? I'm usually pretty good at, yeah. you know, generalizing weights. And I was yeah. like, I got my expanded bucks from last year, which is I shot two out of the same tree eight days apart. Was that last year? That was last year. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So I think there was, so Riley's always the person, he's a, usually the first person I know that shoots a deer every year. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I'll be leaving work one day or something. And I'll get a picture. Like, oh yeah. Riley's already tagged yeah. one deer. You usually yeah. shoot multiple deer. I've been fortunate a couple of years. I mean, because, you know, I can shoot an extra buck and expand it. Yep. Um, that's been, that's been handy. So you said last year you Last year I shot two, yeah. And one one thing I kind of like about expanded is that when November comes around, the pressure in that drops pretty drastically. Does it really? Because everybody's out rifle hunting their spots. Okay. Um, but the flip side to it, um, and I try not to tell a lot of people this, you can hunt, you can shoot as many does as you want okay. in expanded areas. I Just keep buying tags? You can just or? keep buying tags. They're $12 a pop, right? It's great if you want to get some meat for the freezer. Yeah. And a lot of people take advantage of that. I don't because yeah. I like having does in the area. That I, don't, I don't really want to pick them yeah. out, but I'm not, not shooting on anybody who does. Yeah. But it really brings the rut out because there's less does. Okay. So it brings the competition up. Yep. So November in those areas, if you find areas that they're traveling, can it could be pretty good if you get in the right area. No kidding. Um, yeah, I... Couple areas I hunt, I you know I'll walk and I'll just try to find scrape sign, you know, and I mean you, you wouldn't believe the scrapes that I can see in some of these areas okay. versus my statewide areas which have more yeah. does and less competition for that. So, uh, but yeah, this this is one um, one area that I found a couple years back. I'm um, just kind of going on a rogue trip, just exploring, and I come up to this area and there's like there's nothing there. There's a couple of oak trees and there's not a whole lot and. There's just, there was like, probably in the size of the room that we're in right now, there's like 10 scrapes. No kidding. And and there's rubs, you know, on You're trails. Like, and I was ooh. like, oh man, this is the spot, yeah. right? So I put a camera up and uh, I was like, well, let's see. And that winter, this is after the season's done, I get deer passing through. So obviously I know they're using, yep. using these things, these areas. So I set up and I uh, put a camera early in the year. I check it out. I've got nothing in September. I've got nothing in October. I'm like, what's up with no that? No kidding. And then November starts to roll around, and then they and then start it. they start funneling through. And it has a lot of evergreen trees, and I think they like it for the cover that it provides. Okay. And I don't know you you there's deer that are passed through it. You'll see them. They eat the you know the oaks and the yeah. acorns that are in that area. But it just that it it picked up. In November. And in November, and I was getting, you know, bucks in daylight oh every, my God. every single day. Yeah. Right? And so I set up uh, one morning, I, I, I'm, I got to hit this spot, right? So I finally get an opening and I go set up. And it's pretty cool that morning. Uh, it was no snow. And then it started snowing as I was there. And it was cold. I mean, you know, it was 25 degrees, yep. snowing, and there's a slight breeze. And, uh, I mean, I'm like every so often I have to wipe the snow off my bow. I've always wanted to shoot a deer in the bow, uh, a deer in the snow, right? <laughs> with the bow? With my bow. And I've yeah. never been able to do it. And I was like, man, maybe this is the day, right? And, uh, 
It's like 8.39. I've had just about all that I can take. And this buck comes out from behind me. And not in all the trail that I'm expecting him to come yeah. through. And I'm kind of caught with my pants down. He's like directly behind me. And of course, this is where I think the saddle really, you know, okay. sh- shine, shown, yeah. whatever the correct word for that is. Yeah. But So he's behind me. So I grab my bow really s- slowly and I'm just looking, but I'm just moving, you know, putting pressure against the platform and moving. And I eventually get to the point that I'm, you know, I got one knee up against the tree, one on the platform, kind of just pushing myself away and then I can turn my body enough. So to- I got to perceive this. So. Yeah, with a typical stand, it would have been in front of you. It would have been in front of me, but I wouldn't but, have had the stand set up in that that direction. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? So if, in this case, so yeah, you get the tree facing yeah. you, the deer's... The deer's like... On your backside, okay. Directly at six o'clock for yeah. me, and so I have to flip around. So he ends up walking behind me, and as he's walking, I'm, you know, scrambling to get in position, but I mean, it's there's no tree, there's no leaves, there's no cover, so yeah. you have to pick your spots, and uh, he you know, walks into my final opening and he's moving away fast. And I, you know, I just have to hurry up. I didn't put a great shot on that, that deer. Um, I think in all the commotion, he ended up walking a little bit farther than I thought he was. Okay. So I think my arrow hit a little bit low, all right. um, you know, at 30 yards instead of 20 yards, but I ended up, he didn't go too, too far. And I ended up, I found him. How big was that deer? That was uh 183. The 180, I was think. Was that a ten pointer? That was an eight pointer. Eight pointer. A small basket rack, but he had he had thick beams. Okay. I was surprised at how big he was. 180 pounds. That's. A, I that's mean, that was in the middle of November. I thought that yeah. was a respectable deer. So, um, that was that was my buck, you know, for the year. So yeah. I, I tagged it. I think on my state. I don't even remember which one I did. I usually try to. I think I tagged it on my statewide tag because okay. expanded gives me two extra weeks at yep. the end of the year. I don't muzzleload hunt, so um, that that season doesn't mean anything to me. And so pack that, get that deer out of there. Um, and, uh, this, yeah, this was last year. So I had to work my work week. So I worked the week Yeah. and I'm getting pictures of deer still as I'm at work. I'm like, man, this place is still blowing up. <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm taking Ayla this year, yeah. right? This was last year. I said, let's go. Ayla is sick the last week of oh, the season. Geez. She's got this bad cough. She doesn't feel good. So she doesn't want to go. So it's Thanksgiving morning. I'm off. It's 15 degrees out and there's zero wind. And I was like, I'm going hunting. I'm going right day. back. And it takes me about 45 minutes to walk into this spot. And it's brutal. No you're, kidding. You're going down. It's it's awful. Yeah. Right. And I I don't have any pegs, you know, like the lighted. Yep. I don't have anything. You know, what I mean, it's all based on memory. Yep. And uh, Sometimes my memory fails me going through that. So it does all of us. <laughs> you, have to, you have to kind of improvise from there. But of course I have, you know, like my phone and my GPS. Yeah. So I get there. But so I get there. There's it's a swampy area too. So there's some spots that I have to post hole through ice yeah. to, you know, hundred yards of Paul. I don't know how there's any deer that didn't they had to have heard me. They just had to have not cared. Yeah. I set up, get in position, and uh this buck like i couldn't actually see him i assume it, well, i know it was a buck because he eventually made a scrape and i mean he's ripping up stuff yep 50 yards from me i just can't see him through the trees he walks away and i mean i don't know if it's the same deer or whatever but about an hour later another buck came and again this buck came out this is you know i since learned this area that they don't use this trail until the rut yep. and it's actually a trail i walk in on okay. i'm surprised that they didn't smell me coming in but he comes right in on the trail behind me and again, I'm in the saddle with the deer, 
25 yards from me at six o'clock. And so I have to swing. And it was so quiet that morning, Paul, that as I swung my bow, the tip of the, the, my broadhead nicked a twig, like oh, just the slightest. And this, he stopped and he heard that. I mean, and I was like, man, but you know, I, I worked around those branches, but my saddle and that setup did not make a single nice and quiet. Yeah, if it the, a, a creak or any bit of noise, that that hunt is over. Yeah, and he, you know, I had a little basketball sized area to shoot through, not in, at all an area I'm expecting a deer to come. Yep. So I'm improvising at this time, uh, and he just walked through, and I, I probably be the best shot I've put on a deer. No Heart shot him, and it's cool. You could hear him. You could hear him running through the tree. The you know, because you can hear everything that morning. Yeah, when it's Running, 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 and then down some. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's such money. a such a great feeling to know you put a good <laughs> shot on something. It's not suffering. You're done." So, get how, out. How big was that deer? A one sixty-seven. Yeah, that was a one sixty-seven. He was an eight point. He seemed like a younger deer than the first deer that okay. I shot, but he had uh, he busted rack. No on, kidding. Uh, yeah, on that side. So, and that was, I actually had him on camera a couple of weeks before and he okay. didn't have that. So, you know. So, so you shot a couple deer this year in Maine. I shot I saw one doe. deer. No, okay. I shot one, yeah. I was sh- it the doe? No, no, I shot I shot a yearling buck this year. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, uh, I the couple jobs I work at were short, so I wasn't. You only shot one deer this year? I only shot, on? uh, I shot, shot the one in South Dakota too, but that doesn't count. <laughs> But I should I, yeah, one main deer. I actually had a rough, uh, I had a rough time finding deer. I saw two antler deer all year this year, okay. and they're both in my freezer. You know, I think a lot of people had, a lot of people that shoot deer on a regular basis didn't this year. I don't know what the there were. There was a lot of feed back uh, down. There was acorns everywhere. Yeah. The apple trees were. There was just a lot of feed, so I don't think the deer were moving all that far. Yeah, uh, and I know the harvest is down this year. We were talking on the last one there. Means harvest was like thirty eight thousand and some change. Yeah, it was down twelve point seven percent anyway from last okay. year. Yeah, but I mean and that's uh, I don't think that forty thousand number was a sustainable objective for us. No, you know I mean conditions play a big role too. Yeah, like up here we had no snow. First week was we had snow, and yeah. I remember a lot of people were shooting deer it's when you capitalized. Yeah, and then it was all of a sudden second and third week, like no one was seeing anything. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's like, geez, what the heck? But yeah, you look at zones twenty three and seventeen; they always shoot a lot of deer. Yeah, twenty three is not far from me. I think they were like four thousand. Yeah, some change. Yeah, it's it's just it's hard to it's hard to find land to hunt down there. You know, if people have land, it's usually to to hunt. You know. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you, and I forgot: when you're out west, is it all public land you're hunting? I I do all public. Is there a lot of public land available to hunt? It depends or? on where you go. Um, there's a definite correlation between how easy it is to find land and how easy it is to get the tag okay. versus how many other people you're going to be you know, hunting yeah. against, which is where for me bow hunting comes in handy because there's usually less people to go up against. Bow hunting? Yeah. And you get a different season. You get, um, I mean, there's you can, you, you can sometimes get better areas. You know, yeah. if depending on the state and how the tags, some are, you get a tag and you can use whatever you want in whatever season. And there's some that are dedicated archery tags. Okay. Um, and so you can sometimes get, just because the odds are yeah a little bit lower. So. Yeah. I'm used to Northern Maine, right? I don't yeah. see anybody. Yeah. And I get this, like, if I see one person. 
Yeah. I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm not. Yeah. I think that's how most, most people are, but it's, it's every, you deal with it up there. every place, every hunt, every where you go, there's some challenge and yeah. it's not the same here as it is there. Yeah. We hunt different places in Maine and your challenges are much different than mine. Yeah. It's just yeah. deer is different than moose. I know oh, you're yeah? not, a, you're not a fan of moose hunting cause it's not hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like moose yeah. hunting? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it certainly. I, I would, if I, I don't know, it's, it's just different. I feel like it's, I don't know, like, uh, I, I'm, people are going to probably hang me for this, but I'm not a huge fan of moose meat and that's probably one own. reason, but yeah, yeah, I, I feel like you pull the trigger, boom, it's over and yeah, the work starts. Yeah. Yeah. There's some of that. I mean, you can, you can make it what it is. You can. You're right. You know, like it's getting harder. It's definitely getting harder. It's not yeah. like it used to be. But you'd be surprised. You just, of course, this is. I'm not a guide. I don't. Yeah. I don't spend my time in the moose woods. But I think you get a couple hundred yards off the road, and it's it's like that, a whole other environment. Yeah. And just not a lot of people are. Yeah. Willing to do that at this point in time. And the, that's the people that are success, successful now. They're yeah calling and they and doing all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, woods. you can you can, people shoot bulls from the roads and shoot nice bulls yeah. from the roads, but when I get my tag, that's not what I'm going to be no. doing. Back years ago, I remember when I was a kid, man, people were, they'd be discouraged if they're moose week, they didn't have a moose down by Wednesday. Yeah. They were calling it quits. Yeah. Like, it's, you, it's, it was basically money like the first day. Yeah. I mean, well, it's 90, money. was it 90, 95% yeah. percent success of those, yeah, those years? Yeah, it's not like that now. So, yeah. But, well, Riley, I appreciate you finally stopping by. Yeah. I'm sorry it took so long, yeah, but it's well, nice to. Everyone's busy. Kids, yeah. I mean, hey, it's hard to... Nice to talk shop and see you again, though, Paul. It is. Home for Christmas. and But yeah, and you'll have to come back. Look at when Dad's here. Like I said, Dad was super bummed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll see you guys soon enough. Yeah, here. you come back up. Yeah. Maybe go to camp sometime. And yeah, maybe... Uh, stuff. I thought about it this year. I was like, man, but then we had Thanksgiving in our house. Yeah. So I was like, I can't... Anytime. I can't Open invitation. North, yeah, I appreciate it. I, I will take you up on it some year. But. So my phone's going off like crazy. <laughs> yeah. So another couple months, we'll have you back on. Tell some more stories. Hopefully I have some more. Oh, you will. <laughs> so all right, hope you enjoyed it. I guess till next time, get outside. Riley doesn't know the end of it. It's good for the soul. See ya. It's good for the soul. <laughs> <laughs>